Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled, The People Obeyed Not the Voice of the Lord. It shall be focused on the study of Jeremiah chapter 43. Before we go any further, we begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we recognize the rebellion of the people, how they went with what seemed right to them, and they just reasoned in their minds against what your word had said. Help us, Father, not to do the same as we see, Lord, the times getting like the book of Judges was saying that each man did which was right in his own eyes. Help us, Father, to not seek our own righteousness, but to follow what your word prescribes for us to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Jeremiah chapter 43. Jeremiah 43. And it came to pass that when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking unto all the people, all the words of the Lord their God, or which the Lord their God had sent him to them, even all these words, then spake Azariah the son of Hoshiah, and Johanan the son of Kareah, and all the proud men saying unto Jeremiah, Thou speakest falsely. The Lord our God hath not sent thee to say, Go not into Egypt, to sojourn there. But Baruch, the son of Neriah, setteth thee on against us, for to deliver us into the hand of the Chaldeans, that they might put us to death, and carry us away captives into Babylon. So Johanan the son of Kareah, and all the captains of the forces and all the people obeyed not the voice of the Lord to dwell in the land of Judah. But Johanan the son of Kareah, and all the captains of the forces took all the remnant of Judah that were returned from all nations whither they had been driven to dwell in the land of Judah, even men and women and children and the king's daughters and every person that Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had left with Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, and Jeremiah the prophet, and Baruch, the son of Neriah. So they came into the land of Egypt, for they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, Thus came they even to Tapanis. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah in Tapanis, saying, Take great stones in thine hand, and hide them in the clay in the brick kiln, which is at the entry of Pharaoh's house in Tapanis, in the sight of the men of Judah. And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will send and take Nebuchadrezzar, king of Babylon, my servant, and will set his throne upon these stones that I have hid, and he shall spread his royal pavilion over them. And when he cometh, he shall smite the land of Egypt, and deliver such as are for death to death, and such as are for captivity to captivity, and such as are for the sword to the sword. And I will kindle a fire in the houses of the gods of Egypt." and he shall burn them, and carry them away captives. And he shall array himself with the land of Egypt, as a shepherd putteth on his garment. And he shall go forth from thence in peace. He shall break also the images of Beth Shemesh, that is in the land of Egypt. And the houses of the gods of the Egyptians shall he burn with fire. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham, titled, God Keeps His Word. 
This was preached in 1957 on January the 15th. We'll begin at paragraph 18 up to paragraph 37. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. The word is just such a wonderful thing. I love it. And now, to announce what we call for a text for just a little while, and uh, I, and then read some of the scripture here for to get a context. I'm going to my text tonight is God keeps His word, and I wish to read from Saint John, the twelfth chapter and the thirty-fifth verse beginning. I like to hear you all turning those pages and things. I, I like to see uh, people bring their Bibles to church. And um, it means that just if I read his word, now my word will fail because I'm a man. But if I, we get no more out of the service tonight just reading this word together, we'll be blessed. Amen. Because we'll feed that much on the word of God. His words will never fail. Amen. He can't fail. God himself. At the 35th verse, Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not where he goeth. While you have the light, believe in the light. May I stop here just a moment and quote that over again. While ye have light, believe the light, that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus, and departed, and hid himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. Now, while I go into the context of this in a few moments, now, Jesus had done many miracles as he seen the Father show him what to do. We got that last night, did we? Amen. Nothing but what the Father told him to do. Now, 38th verse. That the saying of the prophet, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet, might be fulfilled, which is spoke, the Lord who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. Therefore they, therefore they could not believe because it Isaiah said again. Notice that? They could not believe because Isaiah said. But he heard years before this. He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted, and I should heal them. Now may the Lord add his blessings to this word. Did you notice here how strange that read? That these people could not believe because Isaiah, a prophet, had said so. Did you catch it? Now, do you know that that the word of God once it can never be taken back and the word of God is so perfect so here that John was trying to explain it to the people that Isaiah had prophesied 
saying, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Isaiah 40, chapter. And he said again, Isaiah said, See, who has believed our report? Who believed it about the Lord Jesus? Who, who accepted it, the report that he was the Messiah? And then he said again over here, Isaiah said, that he has hardened their hearts, see, blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, unless they should see with their eyes and understand with their hearts and be converted. Now, because Isaiah said that, had spoke that, about 800 years beforehand, that had to come to pass. The how perfect the Word of God is. No matter how much they wanted to believe, they couldn't believe, because Isaiah said they couldn't. See? Now, how, you think Isaiah cursed the people like that? No. But by seeing a vision, which God had already knew before the foundation of the world by foreknowledge, and Isaiah looked in and seen what was coming, and Isaiah reported what God had said before the foundation of the world. For this word here tonight is only what God said before the world was created. And the, a prophet is called a gift of knowledge. Many times a prophet is referred to in the Bible as an eagle. An eagle can go higher in the air than any other bird because he's, he's built. He's a heaven bird. He sails way above. He has it all to himself. There's no other birds around him. And he goes way high. And being high up, he can see far off. And his eagle eyes, unmatched with any other bird, can never match his eye. The hawk has got a chance, see, when he, uh, to the eagle. Because the eagle can look far away. Well, when you're high up, you can see far away. Then when you come back down, you can tell what is ahead of us. If we're traveling that way. And God takes his eagles of the Old Testament there, and he raises them up. And lets them see far off things that's coming. Then when they come down, they can predict what they see. You understand now? They're eagles. And... I guess many of some of you scholars here have read Pemberman's Early Ages and a lot of those in Preacher and Prayer. And so I was wondering one time when I was at the Cincinnati Zoo in Cincinnati, Ohio, I seen a sight that struck me of being that I'm a lover of nature. I love animals. Uh, I was a game warden for years, and I love nature, and I love to study it. The, the habits of the animals and everything, because I, I, I love them. They're the creation of God, and um, he's uh, given to us. So uh, watching that, and I was studying the eagle, and I seen a sight one time that broke my heart, and it was an eagle that had been caged. He had been caught somewhere in a trap, and he was just put in the cage, and he didn't understand why he should be caged up. And that eagle would get back and he'd set those big wings and he'd hit that cage and the feathers would fly when he flopped his big wings against the cage so it'd knock him backwards. He'd raise up and shake his head and fly again. He'd fall on his back and he'd look upwards and his eyes look around. There he was, as in a cage. Mankind had caged him. A super race to him had caged him. And his, he was a heaven bird. And he looked through those bars and longed to soar with his big mighty wings. What could he do with them anymore? He, he looked into the heavens. 
is a sad sight to see that eagle. But I've seen a sadder sight than that. I've seen the sons of God caged down in denominations and under barriers and isms till they know that there's something in them that would like to spring forth. They were made to be sons of God. But a super person, the devil, has tied them down in such places so they just roll their heads and wonder, there is a fountain somewhere. Oh, if I could reach to it. That's the saddest side I ever seen. Man who was made to be sons of God, and yet let the devil tie them down under their God-given privileges. Satan has trapped them and put them into a place that says, the days of miracles is past. There's no such a thing as divine healing. All that things that passed long years ago. That's a sad sight to see a man in that shape when God made him in his own image to be as free as a heaven-soaring child of the living God. Spread forth his wings and rejoice and flop in the breezes. I've seen them on this scepter of big wings like this, not flop around. Just set their wings and ride the tide as it comes in. The wind to come in, they just know how to set their wings and ride on up. And they go so high till they just like a little black dot into the heaven. See? He didn't he didn't strain, he didn't study, he didn't go from seminary to seminary, from church to church or from mission to mission. He just set his wings. Moved with the current. As it rode, he rode up with it. And went right on out. How that man tonight would just take God's word and not try to add anything to it or take anything away from it, but just set your faith right in the wings of God, right in his word. Just ride as the Holy Ghost lifts you up above the, all this old chatter, chatter, days of miracles is past, and there's no such a thing as divine healing, there's no such a thing as the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, and if you study that, you lose your mind. Just look right straight to the Word of God and ride away on wings of faith. Amen. You're eagles Amen. of the day. God keeping His Word. And Jesus said that heavens and earth will pass away, but my Word shall never fail. Amen. Now that settles it. And now in saying this, I'm only bringing this to this little church as a few moments ago before they come pick me up. I said to my wife, I believe I'll give testimony tonight of some experience. And I thought on that. And then the Holy Spirit seemed to say, give the church this little warning. Set this in this way. So I want to be obedient. Now, I have nothing against anybody's belief. Nothing against the, any denominational church or anything, but there's a lot of stuff going on on the television and the radio today that ought not to be. And that's this Bishop Sheen. And those on those programs are nothing against the Catholic. If he wants to be a Catholic, that's his business. See? But uh, that's up to him. But when a man will stand on the, in, in the sacred place of God, and say to try to live as the Bible is like walking through muddy waters. And if the, who wrote the Bible? I guess God take notice gave you a Bible, so he wrote it on some paper and give it some angels, and they come down from the quarters of heaven and give it to you. And just say it's a bunch of epistles that was written 400 years after the death of the apostles, and they're not accurate and things like that. And if, you know the Catholic Church, I'm from a Catholic family. The Catholic Church 
does not they accept the Bible, certainly. But here's what they say, that God is in his church, regardless if the church says something that's contrary to the Bible, take the church's word. Now, I, I had a discussion with a priest in my dinner room here just recently, and he said, I was talking about uh, baptizing a girl. He asked me how I baptized her by immersing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, the Catholic Church used to do that. I said, when? He said, in the early days. I said, what early days? He said, the early days of the Catholic Church. I said, how early was the Catholic Church? Which I had all the sacred histories laying there, the Fox Book of the Martyrs. I had the uh, Pemberman's early ages. I had all of Josephus writing and all the other historians right there. And I, I said, I'd like to ask you, when? He said, well, the first apostles. And I said, and you say they were Catholic? He said, they were. I said, is the Catholic Church a universal church? He said, it is. I said, the very word Catholic means universal, doesn't it? He said, it does. Well, I said, why is it then that the teaching of the Catholic Church today is so contrary to the Bible? He said, well, you believe the Bible, we believe the church. Well, I said, no way at all. We, he said, well, God is in his church. I said, the Bible said God is in his word. Amen. Right. And also the Bible said in the closing of the book, he that will take out of here anything or add anything to it, the same will be taken of his part of the book of life away from him. So I believe the Bible infallibly. I believe it's the infallible word of God. I believe there's no more to be added to it or anything to be taken away from it. I believe that that is God's blueprint to his church. Amen. We builders have made a mess out of it. I'll admit that. But that has nothing to do with the blueprint. It still remains just the same. Amen. It's God's Bible, and I believe it to be God is in his word, and God is responsible to his word. Now for a little context, to go back to get a background to the things that I, I want to say, and the reason I've always tried to stay on the Bible. I've went into churches many times, just so you'll get a, a little general picture. And I've went into churches, and you watch this. You go into a church, and you'll find usually the way that pastor acts, that's the way his congregational acts. See? I believe they get one another spirit instead of the Holy Spirit sometimes. Well, that's possible. Absolutely. You take a real good woman and marry her to a no-count man, he'll either become a gentleman or she'll become no-count. See? You just take one another spirit. You do. Birds of a feather flock together. And your spirit beams. That's what's meant. Put television out where it is now, an uncensored program of all this vulgarity and everything. Let a little boy go to the gate of the eye to the soul, the eye of the gate to the soul, rather. Let him go in and let these little girls go into one of these movies or something there and see one of these here women out of Hollywood with eight or ten husbands making love to some man. That little girl will practice that, the same thing the next day. Let some fantastic nonsense come out out there with some kind of little old scandal looking skirts on or something other like that and watch the American women go to wearing the same thing. That's right. See, you catch each other. What you feed on. Let me go in your office, sir, and you tell me you're a Christian. And let me hear your, you turn on your radio when I'm in there and you're listening to some kind of old boogie-woogie music. And let me see half-dressed women pin up on the side of your wall. I don't care what you say. I know what your spirit's feeding on. That's right. That's exactly right. See, always, I'd rather have an old home with no rug on the floor and with uh, a little old iron bedstead sitting there and an old dresser somewhere. 
or one of those little old kitchen table made out of boxes with a sign hanging on it, God bless our home, and all the fine homes in the world, you pin up the nonsense that you have today, and a Bible laying on the table instead of all these old love story magazines and things laying around of dirt and filth and bust and everything else that's free in the church. How can you expect anything else but a bunch of infidels and agnostics to answer out? That's true, friends. Bring up a child in the way that should go. Teach him on the Word of God. Abraham Lincoln, until he was a grown man, had two books. One of them was the Bible and the other was the Fox Book of the Martyrs. Abraham Lincoln. And he studied that so honey, he read. He, he concentrated on that. That's what developed that kind of a character that Abraham Lincoln was. Show me what you read. Show me what you listen to. Let me know your songs you like best. I'll tell you what's in your soul feeding on it. By their fruits you shall know them. Yes. Right. Going to some of the places to eat. And that rattly juice box nonsense. I went in there many times and asked the man if I'd done sit down and order my dinner before I know that the thing was in the house. I go, I said, Mister, how many records will that thing play an hour? You tell me, I say, here, just a plug. I'll, I'll pay you right now if I get through eating. I, I want to eat and, 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 and decency. <laughs> and I said, I'll unplug the thing. If, if you just, just please keep that thing off while I try to eat back there, will you? And I'll pay you every record that they can play. If they play one just every two, three minutes, I'll, I'll make every one of them right, see? while I'm in here. Oh, such nonsense. Mm -hmm. And of all that. Now, that's the reason America's where she's all worm-eaten today. That's the reason the very foundations is eat out from under it. Now, you say people are such a canker eat into them like that. How can you ever tell them people of the supernatural? The only thing to hear at church is some little doxology or something or something about who's going to be the next mayor and never the word of God. See? If it is, it's in some little baby mile form like a little baby aspirin to an adult. See? It doesn't ease the pain of a, of a heart-sick human being. That's right. You've got to have something that's God hypo. Amen. It's seemly. You know, he was called the lily of the valley. And the lily is where we get opium. Opium comes from the lily. Now I'm telling you, if your heart's sick and worn out and tired of sin, just let God give you the opium from the lily of the valley, Amen. and you'll find out it'll ease every pain and every fear. It'll set your heart looking towards God and respect to His Word and believe with all your heart. Right. Now, for a background, in the Bible, we're going back over into First Kings just for a little bit. In our mental uh, conditions to let our mind drift back to a certain uh, events, there was King Ahab of the Old Testament, which King Ahab in his time is a beautiful type of the, the New Testament. And notice, just as Ahab married Jezebel, an idolater, and brought idolatry into Egypt, well, the type in the, the seven dispensations of the Old Testament as the seven candlesticks of the New Testament, in the Dark Ages, the 1500 years of Dark Ages, Protestantism made Romanism and brought idolatry into the church just the same way. Amen. What's the Bible? It doesn't say that. Amen. That's right. Through that 1500 years of Dark Ages, to come out with a false baptism, 
Franklin, false name, false everything else. And God said, you have a little light and you have a name, but you've denied mine. And see, so uh, the same thing. And they have this lukewarm, borderline, backslidden Israelite. Oh, he might have been circumcised to the flesh. He might have had his name on the book somewhere as an Israelite. But in his heart, he thought more of that little painted face Jezebel than he did of the kingdom of God. And how many tonight, how many people have sold out their birthright to the things of the world and got away from God? Stay with the word. That's the reason coming into a meeting, talking about taking one another's spirit. Coming into a meeting, we like to stay right with the word. Stay with the word so that the spirit of the word will be on the people. Amen. Not the spirit of some fantastic or some minister or something. That we have to answer for at the day of judgment. When I stand there that day with the uh, people that I preach to around the world, I want one thing that it and try to project something of my own, my fantastics into them people, but I stay with God's word so that thing will lay right there before me and I say, God, you were the one who wrote it. Amen. That's the kind of a spirit you want. Something that will take the word of God and not a bunch of fantastic Amen. and a bunch of theology that's man-made. Stay with God's eternal word. Amen. Now, Elijah, the great mighty prophet, had prophesied and he told Ahab because he killed Naboth and what was going to happen to him. How that the dogs licked his blood and so forth. And he told Jezebel what was going to happen to her. Then along after the going away of Elijah, God always, from Genesis to Revelation, God has always had at least one man that he could put his hand on. He's never been without a witness. And along came a young fellow by the name of Micah, a little prophet. He was hated of the others. And Ahab, and, well, he thought maybe the Jewish religion was, was all right. Now, that's the way the modern believer believes it today. They just take it as something that just, well, it just happens to be that way, see. And they go to church because, you know, it's a decent thing to do. But that's all you go to church for. You're just a hypocrite. That's all. You don't go to church for and think it's a decent thing to do. You go to church to worship God. You go to meet God, to thank Him and to praise Him and to worship Him. A house of worship. Now that's what we need. And then Ahab, he had him a bunch of prophets that he had well schooled and had them with all the best theology that they had in that day. He had taught them. And there was many of them, 400. And um, he had them all well dressed and well fed and taken care of out of his uh, kingdom. He fed these fellows up. He said, well now wait a minute, if I ever get in trouble, well, perhaps maybe I could run down and find my pastors and they would, they would console me in the way. So one time Jehoshaphat, which was the son of a righteous man and a righteous man himself, he came down to see Ahab and there's where he made his fatal mistake. Listen, oil and water don't mix. And many times, many a good life has been completely wrecked by your associates. Amen. Show me your company, I'll tell you who you are. Yes. See? Amen. That's right, it's an old proverb, but it's a true one. Associate with people who believe God. Amen. Don't let your children, if he runs across the street to little Oswald over here, 
He's a nice little boy. But be careful who little Oswald is. Why, what his daddy is, what his mama is. They may be a hater of the gospel. They may have everything projected into little Oswald. And you let your little boy or girl so shaped like that, the first thing you know, he'll come up and be like little Oswald. Uh, you know that's right. Amen. Watch your associate. Keep your company clean. Don't go in the pool room with that boy just because you think you can win him to Christ. If you can't win him to Christ in a church or out your own home or sitting in your car, you'll never do it in the pool room. Amen. I tell you, you're on the devil's ground. Stay away from it. Right. right. Separate yourself. God said, come out from among them. And be separate, says God. Then I'll receive you. Amen. God's looking for somebody who's got the the courage to stand for it. God's always wanted that. And every man of God that's ever stood from Genesis to Revelation and from Revelation to this modern time has disagreed and set himself apart from the world ecclesiastical system. That's the churches of the world in their day. Any of them, you search through the scriptures and search through the history and find out. Martin Luther, John Wesley, St. Calvin, Knox, Finney, Sainty, whoever it might be. Just look at them, how they come from among them things and stood alone upon their convictions, God's servant. And sometimes even in your own family, you'll have to stand alone. Sometimes your mom and papa will disagree with you. Sometimes Andy and uncle, sometimes your lodge members will disagree with you. If God's word you're standing on that, stay if you stand alone Amen. on God's word. For every man that ever married to a hill of beans stood on God's word with his testimony. That's right, because it's the only way to be um, to make the goal. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee that we can take solace in the fact that you keep your word. We know, Father, that without your word there is no life. And as for you said, Father, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the, made, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And now that same Holy Spirit dwells, that dwelt in you in its, full, in its fullness dwells in us in part, and together we make up the body of Christ. So help us, Father, to have that much love for one another, to recognize that we're all Christian soldiers marching together to war, and we're all one body. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.